Aaron's Journey, the podcast where we talk to professionals in the media industry to help encourage people with disabilities to pursue their dreams. Hello everyone, this is Aaron Kosky of Aaron's Journey, and today's episode is an interview with Mark Grau, best known as the voice of Mr. Sircon. Hope you enjoyed the show. How did your career begin? Um, well, I was a male prostitute and I had to go on unemployment because no one was hiring me. Um, actually, well, I, you know, I, I actually was born in Hollywood at Queen of Angels. So I actually am from Hollywood, which is kind of strange. Um, my dad anchored news at Channel 5, KTLA here in, in Los Angeles. And so um, I grew up as a kid watching Stan Freeberg and Daz Butler doing a live puppet show called Time for Beanie. You know, where he'd, hey, Beanie boy, and they have the hands up there, you know, you know that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I, I was just absolutely enamored with that. I, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever watching these, you know, older, like grown men doing voices and puppets and stuff. And I thought that was very cool. So I think that's probably my first introduction to that. And then um, my brother and I, <clears throat> there used to be a, an A&W restaurant. There was the, the drive up stuff where they'd come out and put the, the tray on the side of your car. And so we would mimic people as they were eating. And of course, my mother didn't, you know, it's like, obviously he has a problem. Now stop it. You know, that's not, <laughs> of course. And we'd be, you know, making fun of everyone. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where it started, basically. And then I, after all of that, I, I went to college, thought I would be a huge hit in radio and got my degree in, in broadcasting and initially in mass communications. Um, broadcasting, I thought radio. So I went, you know, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, Northern California, Oregon, Washington, all those hotbeds of media stuff um, and the problem was then that I, I always enjoyed doing voices so I had a cast of characters but this was long before the Howard Stern and, and Mark and Brian and that that whole genre so I would bring characters in and of course the audience thought it was great management well not so much uh, you know, the door would fly open I can't believe you just said that no apologize on the air it's like okay um, so you know and, 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 I mean again a lot of these markets just you're talking like Rollins, Wyoming. I think they were like, oh my God, he's he's on something. Make it stop. You know, I think their big programming note was like the Lutheran Hour or something. So needless to say, I, I didn't exactly fit right in there. Um, so it was, it was interesting. And just then I, after all of that, I realized really my first love was production. You know, putting, you know, things together. And so that's actually how I started. I was getting paid to do voiceover for that, but also putting things together. Together, which is how I actually started the studio and it kind of blossomed from there so what a big coincidence because because I also went on to get my uh, uh, went on to get my master educations degree oh good for you man awesome and now you then you then you too know it's pretty useless I mean sorry did I say that out loud sorry <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I remember, you know, the first couple of times going, well, I've got a college degree. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Where have you worked? Yeah. Well, well, I have a college degree. <laughs> it's like, you know, so, and, you know, it's, it was kind of a, and, and, and really in this business, it really, training and voiceover can be very, very helpful. If, if you do that, though, just, you know, make sure that, 
it's someone that knows there's an awful lot of, of, you know, claims on the Internet with people. You know, there's nothing really to substantiate it. It's like the Wild West. So you've got people saying, you know, I go make millions and, you know, and I've got a, a 20 inch appendage and, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And it's like there's nothing to, to back any of that up. Um, so just, you know, if you do that, just make sure it's somebody in the business that does this and that knows what they're doing, you know, and, and can kind of guide you through. The interesting thing with that is a lot of people assume, oh, it's just, it's, well, I have a great, you know, I've had my parents even said, wow, what a great voice. And it's like, well, you know, which is great, but you really need, it's it's acting, it's emotion, it's connecting, you know, with, with an audience, all of that kind of stuff. Which sounds, it sounds like you really need to conduct with your audience. I sound like you should smoke pot a little bit in a beach, sorry. But, but you know, but the, it is important. That's That really is what that's about. So, you know, it's, uh, that's and that's actually took a, kind of a circuitous route through all of that stuff and then started producing and, and voicing my own commercials and again that blossomed into I, I kind of BS'd my way into a big music studio um, back when it was like late late 70s um, Cherokee which was you know I remember when I first went into interview I almost knocked Pat Benatar down and I was like oh my god you know my gosh I've made it um, but a very very you know at that time I mean it was like very very you know cocaine heavy and, and uh, the hours were ridiculous you know they'd wheel you know a, a, a big star and we'd watch him just slide down the wall and everybody would go play pinball until he came back to this plane of existence um, and I, that's not really what I wanted to do you know it's like eh, you know this is not you know not really not really conducive to having a lot of life because you're basically there like, you know, three days in a row kind of thing. And so uh, that's when I really started getting more involved with, you know, animation. Video games were just, just starting out like the Hotel Mario thing and all of that really just just beginning um but you know the animation stuff all, all of that kind of stuff commercial work and just actual realizing wow you could actually make money doing voiceovers so and actually started doing a lot of uh, studio-wise a lot of audiobooks producing those for a company called dove audio way 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 back when um when this was still quarter inch tapes and was like you know boxes all up and down the hallways of things to edit and projects to do and so it was it was interesting yeah yeah um yeah, for what you mentioned earlier in the beginning, um, that that would that would um, that would connect with uh, what uh, inspired you again to voice acting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first I had done a, a lot of of spots, a lot of voiceover, a lot of character stuff. I had never actually auditioned for anything, and so someone had mentioned when I was up here. Oh, there was a, a general audition at Hanna Barbera. You know, which at that time was a big, you know, anime that was responsible. That's where Daz Butler did all of his stuff with Quick Draw McGraw and Yogi Bear and, you know, all of that genre. And uh, I remember, go, you know, at a general audition, go, writing a bunch of stuff. And I, at that time, I had no idea how they put stuff together. So I assumed that you had to do, you know, everything in sequence. So I wrote the, you know, now we'll have to find the great knower of stuff. You may call me great, great. Yes. You know, and it's like I'm jumping all over the place. <laughs> they were like, it's uh, nerd. I think this man's on drugs. You know, it was like, they were kind of like, oh my gosh. Because um, I, I wasn't aware that obviously you do a character normally singularly and go through. And, and uh, so through that, they went, my goodness, do you have an agent? And I went, no. And they said, well, get an agent. We'll have you out here working immediately. I went, great. And uh, that I ended up signing at that point with Don Pitts. Um, Don's office was on the corner of Hollywood and Highland where the big Dolby Center is now. Um, you know, where they do all the, you know, America's Got Talent 
Now and all that stuff, and and uh, you know, uh, the Academy Awards, and and, the, and I, I, yeah, it was it, it was amazing. It was like I remember sitting, you know, out in the office and watching Casey Kasem going and Gary Owens, and and uh, oh my goodness, um, you know, uh, Orson Welles, I mean, you know, Mel Blanc. I mean, it was just like, God, my, my God, I mean, this this was like the you know Paul Freese. You know, Paul Freese was the voice of, of Disney with all that's a haunted mansion. You know, and all of that stuff, and it was, uh, it was, you know, I, mean, I figured, well, I'm never going to book anything, but this is great to just even be involved with these guys. And then eventually, you know, you start booking a little thing here and there, and then it kind of blossomed into a little more. So I was just, and very, you know, very anybody that says there's not a modicum of luck in this business is full of malarkey because there definitely is very blessed, but also very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my next question: uh, What voice roles are you most known for? Um, well, I, I guess that would de- that depends really entirely on you know what what genre of stuff you you are interested in. I mean, there's a lot of people that know. Like, if I went to you know uh, BlizzCon, people know me for a, a ton of Blizzard stuff. You know, I've done virtually all of the Warcraft games. If you're a gamer, I mean, there's a lot of people that knew me for uh, Ratchet and Clank for Mr. Zircon. Um, Starcraft was a big game. I played Phoenix on that. But I, you know, I mean, the Hotel Mario thing, I did Mario, Luigi, and Bowser's voice on that, and that was 1994, I believe, three, 93, 94. Uh, yeah, yeah that, I think that it was 93. You know, and that was a big, I mean, that's, you know, that still comes back to, I think that was voted, you know, one of the top 10 worst video games in history. It was like, <laughs> well, yeah, how does it feel? Yeah, now, <laughs> that you, now that you mention it, I've actually played it and oh my God, it is so Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know, and again, this was um the first foray into that. So it was uh, Philips, the Philips company. It was on a CD-ROM, you know. So it was kind of kind of an interesting, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, you know, at the time, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. It was like, oh, you know, cool. But uh, you know, there's other stuff. You know, Avatar. You know, the cartoon series was on that played a character Gen Fu, and I, you know, so. I mean, there's, it just really depends on what, you know, kind of, I mean, I've had people that know me from the, the you know, the, the movie, you know, that we did um, in a world, you know, with, with Lake Bell. And that was all shot at my studio and Lake is a friend and, you know, it's so I was in that a very minimal nothing role, you know, but still it's fun to do, you know. So, you know, it, it just, it's kind of, there's, a, I mean, there's a bad, you know, a lot of people on the whole opposite end of the thing know for Alaska State Troopers, you know, because I've narrated, I think we're up to, I don't know, 118 episodes or something on that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, to continue on from what you were saying about earlier, about the, about the roles you did for Hotel Mario, um, how did you get through the chance to audition for those roles? Um, it was actually Jill Demby, I believe, was was directing, and um, you know, it, it just it was like anything else. You 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 know, do it, and they you get the call, and oh, okay, they they booked you, and it was like, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, what am I doing? And then a lot of the time in in sessions, you know, you'll go in and you have auditioned, and you'll go in with the assumption that you're doing this role. A great example is I've got a video game coming up on Monday. I don't even know. I have no idea what I'm doing. 
just like you just you know you just but I mean which sounds very oh that's weird but it's I mean obviously they booked me because they know what I so I'm I'm assuming obviously they're not going to expect me to do something strange you know (laughs) well you never know but um, you know obviously it's going to be within my range or whatever so you know that's fine you just walk in they hand you the script oh yeah okay great um so it was very similar with this they made you know i i don't think i was aware that i would be doing you know mario luigi and bowser all of i was like really i okay you know uh, so you just you know you kind of go with the flow and, and whatever you know they, they will throw a lot of things at you in a session that's like well here let's do this let's do that oh while i've got you here let's do this it's like sure you know um it's like I did um, the Legends of Tomorrow, the TV show, um, and it was like an homage to E.T. Most of what I play was with the running gag is usually always dead or mutated. You know, I, I don't ever play the guy next door. I'm the guy that kills the guy next door. Um, and there was a, on this TV show, it's a little character called Gumball, again, this homage to E.T. So he's a very cute little tiny character with no dialogue, but all little cute noises and does. So I was kind of like, okay, this is because most of his, you know, I do all that growly, you know, if it's an orc, I'm there, you know, that kind of thing, you know. So this was a totally different, higher range, very sweet, you know, endearing kind of a thing. And it was like, okay, great, you know, and rather than choking and going, ah, oh my God, it was like, okay, cool. You know, so you just, you just, you know, go, go with the flow, whatever they throw at you. It's like, good. I, I got this. No, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two questions to add on to, uh, add on to my last one. Um, did you know what Mario Luigi and Bowser were before you, um, uh, before you went into audition? Well, I was, I was familiar. I was not a, a player, but I mean, I was certainly familiar with, you know, who, who, the, what the game was, who the characters were. Sure. I mean, not, not overwhelmingly, but I mean, I was obviously very familiar with Mario and Luigi and like, you know, as I think it, because it's kind of an American icon, you know, so it was kind of like, sure. And same even, you know, and it was like, oh, Bowser, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You know, yeah. no problem. <clears throat> yeah, to add on to that, um, <laughs> this is a bit of a bit of a crazy one for you. Um, what is it like for you seeing that a lot of the cutscenes from Hotel Mario are basically used as memes for like YouTube poops and things like that? I think it's great. I think I think it's. I mean, I've even seen them use it with that. And the, sometimes the language is terrible. It's it's like, hey, you know, the the mere fact that I could see an entire new life, you know, twenty five years later, I think is great. I, I think it's. I, I even though it's not necessarily, you know, in, in in the way that they were intending it, but I I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great that it's out there. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. To continue on with that, um, not too long ago, I think back in. 2012, he actually did like a comical redub um, of the first cutscene, which I've seen that. And oh my god! It's well, that's that's a whole other beast. <laughs> but, you know, um, so you know, it's just—I I mean, again, you know, the, the thing is, you 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 know, you take all of this with a, a grain of salt. I mean, again, we we all as as voice actors realize how incredibly blessed and how lucky we are, you know, to be doing what we're doing. Um, and it's you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Is it work? Absolutely. You know, sure it is. I mean, that's your your income. That's but it's I mean, it's paid for what two divorces, three houses 
classes, put three kids through college. So how bad can it be? We get to sit in a room and talk, you know. So, you know, I, th I think the key is some people get too very, very serious with I am an actor, you know, and it's like, do you realize, of course, that as a thespian, this game wouldn't exist without my talents. And it's like, well, I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, but, you know, it's just, it's having fun with what you do. Um, you know, I think probably the most recent thing that was the cool thing to do was the, uh, we did redid the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland and Disney World. Um, they redid the scene, the auction scene to make it a little more politically correct, which people were upset about, you know, because it was like, we well, shouldn't touch it. And when we were doing the session, you know, they're even saying this is the last session that, that you know, or, or ride that Walt was hands on with Walt Disney. And, you know, you guys are going to be the voices for the next 50 years. It was like, well, no pressure now. But it was fun. I think it's the only session I've done where it was like, can you act more drunk? It was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, drunk pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Um, to continue on forward, uh, what was life for you like growing up? Um, it was very, it was very good. I mean, again, my dad was at Channel Five, so I grew up around, you know, Dinah Shore and Bob Hope, and that that whole genre were on the lot all the time there at, at Golden West Broadcast at KTLA, which is right on the corner of Gower and Sunset in Hollywood. Um, so. You know, you you kind of get it. It gives you a little bit different sense of the of like this quote unquote celebrity. So because people would ask for my dad's autograph and stuff, and I'd always be like, well, you know, it's my dad. I mean, I'm still if I'm you know a smart ass, I'm still going to get the belt or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like, oh, you know, he's, you know, so I, you know, it, it which is interesting because it, it's kind of levels you out. It's not quite as like, Ooh, uh, you know, uh, and, and with my kids the same way. I mean, they, they, you know, are familiar, you know, obviously with what I do, but more, it's more their friends going, wow, your dad did that. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, wow, God, can we go to the studio? I don't want to get boring, you know, um, but it's, it's, you know, there's like story my oldest daughter. Um, I think it was Luke, who was that guy? was one of the heartthrobs on 90210. And uh, he was in the studio, and so my oldest daughter been, and so basically got a picture of him giving her a big kiss on the cheek. <laughs> and so years later, I find out that she had this picture in her locker and was charging a dollar a look. <laughs> Which I thought was, well, you know, a little entrepreneurial thing, you know. So I thought that was cute, you know. Uh, or, you know, my, my middle daughter, somebody had said something, I guess it was like a, a family function, something about, uh, well, that must be great to eat or weird or fun or something to hear your dad on Alaska State Troopers. And she goes, no, because every time I hear that voice, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so my work here is done, you know. So, you know, it, it's, um, you know, growing up was 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 interesting, you know, I, I you know, and, and then, you know, I got into a, a bit of, you know, trouble stuff as a, as a, you know, young kid and stuff and, and you know, all that stuff and got divorced and went through all that kind of crap and stuff but you know straightened myself out by the age of I, I actually what a lot of people aren't aware of at, at 18 um, which was really stupid I was with this young lady and she jumped in at the bottom of this cliff and I ran and dove over clear to the other side of the creek and broke my neck and was paralyzed for about a year and a half wow. um, and they ended up fusing the bone out of my hip through that and everybody thought I would never be you know it was a big thing but it was like yeah I'm, I'm fine you know a little sore now and then but hey that's nothing you know so I was I was very extraordinarily lucky, you know, to come through that, and, and uh, you know, and it just kind of levels the playing field, and you may, and you realize that you are very lucky and take advantage of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to go on with my next question, uh, what do you, what do you love and hate about voice acting? <clears throat> I hate everything. Um, well, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I it, the fact that you um, create. I love you know character work is is the most fun uh, because you're actually creating you know something. Um, so that you know that's a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I I mean, really everything about the business is pretty good. The camaraderie, etc. It's it's a it's a very very fun business. And again, I've been doing this now for good lord over. 45 years you know so i've seen an awful lot of changes and you know but been very very blessed i'm still upright and still going yeah um i think the downside it's it's very interesting like with the internet and pay to plays and all that it's opened up the the playing field to to everybody which is really really great i think that that's a, a, a wonderful opportunity for everybody on the other hand it's also opened up the door to a lot of people that really should be training first or that just assume hey you know plug my mic in and let's go um so there there is yeah, that but i i think the 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 biggest thing that that probably bothers me pet py is people making claims about stuff that i mean i've i've, I've been at parties and, and i you know this woman was talking about how she was the lead in this cartoon series and going on and on and i finally got to say no you were, yes i was and it was like well we recorded that at the studio you were not the lead you know well, I mean, I, 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 I was I was involved with the scratch tracks, you know, and it's like that kind of stuff drives me nuts. It's like when they're just, you know, and I'm kind of known for not having a lot of filters and that doesn't, <laughs> sometimes occasionally I may say the wrong thing at the wrong time, but what the hell, it served me fine, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's some people that just definitely, you know, prey on the people, the, the fact that they're not really, they're new to this and not certain what's going on and they'll give them some very not necessarily good information sometimes and that kind of bugs me it's like well look you know don't you know that's that's not really fair to somebody especially if you're charging them money to to coach them or do a demo or you know it's like it's you know do do something that's i've had people that have told me i studied with so and so and i didn't like my demo did you tell them that well yeah but they said it's like like anything else if you have somebody come out and fix your washer and it doesn't work then you call them and say get out here and fix it you know, that's the way that should be. If you're paying for something, then it should be the way you want it to be. You know, so yeah. and that's so with the internet, that's that, that's lent a lot of issues. And you know, I mean, as as with anything, it's it's there's a lot of people that make extraordinary claims. You know, like, yes, I'm the it's like copy and paste. I'm the voice of Ford, Chevy, Fox, NBC, CBS, and see where's that? Pic- there's a picture of God. See me? I'm sitting at his right hand. You know, it's like really, you know. Okay, so I, it's it's kind of an interesting, you know, thing sometimes. So that that's all, and you and you can spot it. I mean, again, I mean, you, you know, the, all of us, the people in LA that are working, so we, everybody knows each other. I mean, good lord, at this point, we've known each other for you know, 20, 30 years, kind of thing, as we all kind of started at the same time and came up. And there, new stuff is great. New guys coming in, some amazing talent. Eric Bowles, and wow, you know, he's incredibly talented. You know, um, and then you've got old school talent like Frank Welker. Good Lord, I mean, he's off the charts. You know, so yeah. you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, to, yeah. To continue on with that, um, do you have any advice for people who want to work in voice acting for a living? Sure. Um, the first, really, you know, get if, if, with with the training portion. 
if nothing else, simply to find out what the process is. Um, because there's a way, you know, even with auditioning and what to do and how to make that work and how to set yourself apart from everyone. You know, if you have, you know, 400, 500 people, if it's a big title or a big animated series and big commercial gig, you may have a thousand people auditioning. So what are you going to do that's going to set you apart? The only thing you have that's different is you. So that really needs to shine through. What's interesting with this is that, you know, we've, we're missing now that, that human touch. Like, hey, man, you know, it used to be, you know, again, you'd go to a buyer's office, you'd go to the agent's office, uh, you know, we'd meet at the voice cast or we'd go to, you know, that kind of a casting office. And, and so when you'd go in, it's like the casting director would go, oh, yeah, we work together on, you know, what, and you, oh, yeah, man, that was great. To, so your foot's in the door, there's that camaraderie, and, and you, you're working with people. The interesting thing, you know, with home studios is that it can be very isolating. I always laugh saying it's not conducive to social or hygienic skills. You know, it's like, how long have you been in there? Six weeks, you know, it's like, come out, you know, you're okay. Um, so I think the big thing is get a little bit of t- so that at least you know what the playing field is. You know what's going on and to really figure out what you're best at. Are you really good at, at, at you know, animation? Animation is inherently lighter. Cute characters. Medium age, about four to ten. It's hi, let's do this. You know, it's very sweet. Not all of it. You've got adult swim and archer and that kind of stuff, but 95 percent of it is skewing that. Video games, on the other hand, the big type are very, very dark. The cinematics are very real. It can be very gruesome as far as death. Video games, virtually all characters die. That's how the game keeps going. You know, um, it can be dialect heavy. So in video games, they want dialects, whether it's Irish, Russian, German, English, and they need to be very, very real. You know, um, if narration is your thing, but honestly, even if you, you know, go, you know what, this is, I, you know, I think I can make a living doing explainer video, then great. But there's a certain way to do that Pacing-wise, grouping of sentences, etc., that pacing, changing up volume so that it doesn't sound like you're simply reading a script. It sounds like you are the authority on this. Same thing with characters. You take on that personification of that character. You know, if I'm doing a pirate voice, I'm bent over, my eye is all squinted up. You know, it's not exactly rules. It's more guidelines. You know, it's that kind of, you know, when you're all like, you know, bent over and weird. It's the same thing. If you're doing I'm wiggling my hands as if I have palsy or something. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, you're taking on that physicality. And so that really is, it, it's the acting chops, a little bit of, you know, um, the ability to ad lib and throw some stuff in there on the spot. That's wonderful. You know, that works very well. And it really is, you know, do what you do, but do it better. Don't try and pattern yourself after someone else. You know, you can look and see what trends are like, oh, okay. You know, this style is booking all the time now for this. Or you can look at a cartoon show and go, you know, okay, an animated series and go, okay, look, look at what's happening with this. But if you do like a great kid's voice, 
then great, good. But make sure that it's great because you've got, you know, you're competing against E.G. Daly and Cal Susie. And I mean, these people that, you know, these women that have made a lot of money doing amazing kids voices, you know, Nancy Cartwright, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, those people nail that stuff. It's it's like it's completely effortless. So do what you do. Like, you know, me doing a kid's voice. No, my voice is too big. It sounds like I'm trying to lure them into the van with a candy bar. You know, it's like, no, I'm not going to, you're not going to hear kids voices on my demo because I don't do them. You know, I'm not the guy next door. I mean, again, even if it was like a Disneyland spot, I'm never going to be the guy that goes Disneyland. You know, let, hey, be, let's go to Disneyland this weekend. Dad and I, I'll be the guy that goes Disneyland open this week until midnight. You know, whatever that is. So make sure that the stuff that you're doing is things that even an agent would actually book you on. That it's not just this arbitrary, well, I, you know, do you have a voice that's a Mercedes-Benz voice, a Lexus voice, or a Toyota Prius voice? And that's very important to find out where you sit. And that's where that coaching, if somebody knows what they're, to help kind of guide you into this, this is really where you should concentrate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, do you have any final words of wisdom? Yeah, get a real job. <laughs> Listen to your parents. Um, I think honestly, you know, be be true to yourself. It's it's the thing is set a value on what you do, meaning that even if you are starting out, don't take a job for you know this fiver crap, you know, or twenty dollars or a hundred dollars. It's like if you decide all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to paint houses. Well, you don't paint the first five houses for free or for twenty bucks. You know, even though you're learning how to do it, you know, set a value on what you do so that, you know, and and that's perfectly acceptable. The biggest thing with this is that it's a very ego driven business. And so we're all on the fence and people, I booked a job. Yes, because they're paying you $20. Yeah, but I booked a job. Doesn't matter. They're paying you $20, you know, and realize that it's not a client that pays you $20. It's not like in 30 days, they're going to go, you know what? I was sitting here. Jesus, came down and said, give this man $500. No, no, it's not going to happen. So just, you know, set a value on, on what you do and, you know, be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself. If you have a path and this is what you want to do, go for it. Absolutely. Don't let anybody else get in your way until you always have detractors, especially family. Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, that's a rough field. I mean, there's too many. I mean, do you really think I ran through all of that even with my own dad and when I opened the studio? I started in a little tiny crappy place behind a Yugoslavian landlord and they would come out and yell at me, you know, Mark, you're catching my yard. I don't care what I see. I'm in this country six years. I'm going to you know. It was like, okay, great. My dad was like, you know, saying, well, you know, I mean, you don't have any contacts. That's the stupidest idea until I think maybe it was Debbie Reynolds or somebody that John was, was at the, and then he was like, well, you know, hey, kids made it, you know? So, you, and, and I knew in my head that I, I was going, I just, I, there was no doubt in my mind. You know, so you just know, you know, again, is that road straight? Hell no. You know, it's like you're going to be, you know, how the hell did I end up back here in the Ozarks? Wait a minute. Well, we're in Arizona, you know, but eventually you will get there, you know, and it can be tough, you know, but again, just just believe in yourself and, and you know, don't approach this as as it's a hobby. It's if you're serious about doing this, there's big money involved and it definitely takes work. 
you know, and it's not it's not a playtime thing. Oh, I'm going to dabble in it. That's no. There's you know, people that do this for a living get very offended. There's no dabbling, buddy. This is this is a major career, and it's it's very fast paced, and you need to know your stuff big time. You know, you need to be and and working again. That's why I suggest changing up voices or the thing I do with around where it's like all of a sudden the guy's got the voice that's up like this and he's talking 152 miles an hour. Put some girth on him. So bring him down like this and give him a few more pounds. Make him stupid. So now, now um, he's a dumb boss rat. Bring him down like this. You and I are going to have a problem. No, it's the same thing, but be prepared to change like that on the spot because that's what a director's doing. Great. I like where you're doing. Do this, do that, that I give him a two martini long, whatever it may be. And so be prepared, but just follow your dream. Absolutely. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it, but find somebody. I'm more, I've got a bazillion people that I mentor and I do all the time because at this point in my life, again, I'm 65 years old, man. So I'm, it's, and it, you know, this incredible thing has been very, very, very good to me. So at, my, at this point, I'm much more excited about getting an email going, wow, man, thank you. You know what? I booked at my first animated series. I booked a feature. I got an agent. You know, that's awesome, man. That to me, that's the payoff. Yeah. And that's, that's really the key now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, a follow question for you. How can people contact you? Well, there's a large black man at a gas station down on Melrose Avenue. Now, what you want to do is walk up to him and knock on his head twice and then run away quickly because he'll hit you. And then, no, okay. Um, um, uh, you can reach me at um, Mark, M- or www.marc grow g-r-a-u-e dot com that's actually my website um you can check that out you can um email is m-g-r-s burbank m-g-r-s burbank at gmail.com or um you can i'll I'll give you my my direct line into the studio is 747-333-8186 can any of those work um and drop me line up and i'm i'm actually pretty good. I mean, even if you have questions, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good about getting back. Sometimes it'll take me a minute just depending on what's going on. Yeah. You know, but, but you know, it, again, man, I just, I'm just a firm believer. Hey, what goes around comes around. And the other thing too is, and I always tell people this um, in, in evening on this happy day, and that is do, give back. You know, don't we get so engrossed in this business and, and you, you start, you know, your, your self-worth is based on whatever project you just did. And instead of like, I got involved coaching special needs teams and it's the sweetest, most endearing, wonderful, because they don't bring, there's a couple of kids that, you know, regular, the video game stuff and all but most of them they could care less and it has nothing to and, and just you know don't lose the human side of you man <laughs> you know we're all still in this big pile of crap together you know so you know if you get a chance help somebody out man it's, and that that will make you feel wonderful and what goes around comes around man i don't know whether it's a karmatic experience you can feel the vibes coming down through your days of life or you know it's but it's you know i, I it's a it's a feel good thing and it's, and you just should do that don't so don't get so bogged down in this business that that's all you do it's and there are people that, and it's easy to do and it's and it's you know when there's times when it's 10 o'clock at night and i'm sitting in this booth because stuff's doing new york it's like uh, uh, god is this glamorous you know, but, 
you know, it's still, it's a, a wonderful business. Um, I've done it forever and, and I wouldn't want to do anything else. It's got ups and downs like anything does, but just hang in there, man. Absolutely. And just, and don't, don't get caught up in the BS. Just believe in yourself, but don't start thinking that, the, that things can't exist without you because they can. So you just be very happy and blessed and realize you're very lucky to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Mark Grau, I'd like to thank you so much for your time. And it was an honor meeting you. You too, buddy. My pleasure, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on here. It was great, bud. Yep. You have, you have a good day, all right? All right, buddy. You too, man. Take care of yourself. Bye. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye, yeah. If you'd like to continue to be a part of Aaron's journey, consider donating to the podcast monthly. Head on over to my anchor page for more information on how to get exclusive bonus content and more.